Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Well, obviously, you guys saw the same thing I did. Uh, very, very, very poor showing by us in the first half. Uh, that got us down. Got lucky actually to get to three before halftime. Um, got down 21 to nothing. Uh, I was proud of our fight, and, our, and especially you know our defense in the second half didn't give up any. We just gave the three touchdowns up in the first half. Coach Freeze and his players, we knew they were a good team coming in because uh, they were seven and one and, and had played Wake Forest basically the the same way we played tonight. And we want to welcome you in <clears throat> to the one and only Hog Talk podcast. Those were the words of Sam Pittman, his reaction of the game last night. And we are part of the Believe and the Buzz Radio Networks, where you can hear us on all podcast platforms, as well as Buzz to 106.7 in Central Arkansas. I am Porter Hayes, and alongside me is Jacob Davis. And all live shows are brought to you by Arkansas Brewing Company in Ozark, Arkansas, and Bet Online. We're the fastest and easiest ways to wager on all your favorite sports contest events with first-to-market odds and lines. Continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. So head on over to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And, Jacob, I, I just <clears throat> very confused by the game. Um, it, it's one of the things where <clears throat> you don't know what happened. Um I mean, they had stuff going. You, you, you had a feeling that they were going to turn this thing around like they did last year. You know, come off a bye. You, you got a little streak going. You beat Auburn, and then you turn around. And it, it's almost like at what point did I – I told you with the Auburn game, I never thought that the game was a, a threat to lose. Even going into the fourth quarter, I didn't see that Arkansas was going to win this game. And I don't know if that's the first time since COVID that – that I mean, or the Georgia game. You know, I'm talking about games that you should have won. I don't. I think this is the first game under Sam Pittman that a game you should have won that at no point during the game I felt like they were going to win. Yeah. I mean, they had no offensive flow going. And whether it was because of KJ's injury – Dude, the offensive line play was pathetic, and they just were not good. They were getting blown off blocks, and it's not like you didn't see it before because, I mean, the same thing that that Liberty was doing to Arkansas was the same they were doing were doing to Wake Forest. I mean, with the stunts and the the turns. I mean, that's old school twist, and that's old school football, man. And for you to pride yourself on offensive line play and not have your offensive line ready to play yesterday was was pitiful uh it was a poor excuse for uh, trotting out a football team uh aaron, aaron <laughs> carter no, got, gotta throw a little comedy i mean we got yeah. we gotta throw a little yeah, comedy in there hey, so you gotta you gotta make a, a at least some humor out of this i mean because <laughs> i just don't know when the last time i felt i don't know this way about defense. a loss now i don't know what it was i mean whether it was kj's injury i mean he was uh, he he was he was expected not to play, and then uh, Sam Pittman says in his press conference that yeah, about twenty minutes before the ball game, I had him go and tape up because he said he he demanded he was going to play, and Malik Hornsby was taking first team snaps all week, and everybody was used to Hornsby. KJ was kind of rusty. I don't. I mean, I thought the defense played pretty good, to be honest with you. I thought they did well enough to win, but man, the offense just looked yesterday yeah they they put up yards and stuff but man the four straight uh punts to start the game uh at one point you had nine uh, carries for negative 16 yards 
uh, rushing. I mean, like I said a minute ago, like when you pride yourself on offensive line football, smash mouth, overpower your opponents on the line of scrimmage against a team that you have like more size, more talent, more speed at every position, and you and you got schooled at your place. That that was pitiful, in my opinion. And and the thing is, if you look at the the stats. K.J. Jefferson had 284 yards passing. Bennett had 224 yards passing. You had Rocket Sanders had um, 60 yards rushing. That was the biggest key. But A.J. Green had 56. K.J. had – I mean, they had 144 yards rushing. They let they beat, they outrushed them by 20 yards. <clears throat> Matt Landers, again, has another 100-yard receiving game. It's just like things didn't add up. If you look at the stats, you'd be like, well, Arkansas, man, it did come down to a two-point conversion, but this game should have never come down to that. It it should have been, I mean, they, uh, yeah, they didn't let them score in the second half, which is cool. But if you look at that first half, there was no effort on the defensive side of the ball. That, that, I can't remember who was guarding that, that last touchdown where he threw that, Touchdown, and the guy just kind of caught the ball, and the, he was right there on his back. I think it was McLaughlin. McLaughlin, yeah. But there was, was no – it's like you should – I mean, if you watch your film, you should know. I mean, there, you're only 10, 15 yards away from the end zone. You know he's going to get the end zone and do a curl. It's like, why not jump that? And yeah. it, it, it's just things. And, and this is the alarming thing to me. I, and I'm not going to put all of it on KJ. I think KJ – Knew he wasn't fit to play, but was trying to somehow rally this team. I, and, and I'm telling you, uh, and yesterday, and, and this could be all season long because I don't want to take anything away from Liberty because Liberty could end up being the better team. That, that just because you put Liberty by their name, they yeah. could end up being a better team than you. They're ranked. But we come into this underdog, and, and the, the biggest thing that got me was the, the 14 – twist plays, the, these tackles for losses. And the fact that Coach Pittman come out and said, we practiced this all week. It's just nothing like a surprise scheme they threw at us and you still couldn't stop it. That's the most alarming thing to me this far in the season that you knew what they were doing and you're an SEC-type team and you could not wear them down and stop it. Yeah, and and that's concerning because you pride yourself, like I said a minute ago, with offensive line play. That's what gets you going. And when you, from the get-go, from the jump, you were pathetic trying to get off the line of scrimmage. You weren't even getting a push until, like, the latter minutes of the second half with uh, Rocket getting, like, 10, then 13, and then I think 26 yards on a carry uh, on three consecutive plays. And – and you're finally getting, you know, getting something going on the ground, and then you throw a pass uh, to the end zone, and Trey Knox has it goes through, goes through his hands, bounces off his uh, helmet, and gets intercepted. It was those kind of breaks that that you you want Arkansas to have. I mean, that was probably one of the key moments in that ball game yesterday was that Trey Knox uh, uh, pass that was intercepted, and. Man, I don't. I don't know. I don't have. I really don't have an answer. I. I was so confused by what we saw yesterday. Maybe Liberty is the better team, and maybe I did underestimate them because of their status as like what a fifth or sixth year in the FBS. I mean, there is no reason the way that you recruit, the way that you pride yourself as you're Arkansas. We are a blue collar state, a blue collar program, and we're gonna work our butts off and. And give give uh, our Arkansas fans a reason to to be proud of. And yesterday was an embarrassment because there was no effort. It's homecoming. There was no effort, no motivation to go out there and play. And they tried to play the last eight minutes of the game and and scored two touchdowns. Where was that whole effort the whole entire game? Where you can. <clears throat> You, you take Liberty name off of there, and you look at their head coach. The same thing with Missouri State. I know that yeah. Missouri State's an FCS school, the talent, and Liberty's get, you know, got better talent. But, 
barring what has happened in their personal lives that has warranted them to be where they're at. And I have a discussion with my buddy today about this. No, no, no matter what they did in their personal life to get them at the job that they're at, they're still an offensive mastermind. They're still an offensive genius when it comes to knowing the game of football. And I'm telling you, when you looked on the sidelines and you looked at Hugh Freeze, he had control of this game, the whole game. He yeah. looked at his little play sheet and was looking at it, calling a play, and it's like he knew he had this game. I, it, it's weird. Like I told you, this has been the most confusing game when you look at start to finish. I never once thought that it was – I didn't have a feeling that Arkansas was going to come back and, and win this game. But it's just the fact that we kind of seen what can happen, and it's weird um, – I want to say it was some kind. Of, it was either a punt return or a kickoff return. One that they uh, they brought back for a long game. Um, Arkansas did against Liberty, and it was almost like glimpses. Like, okay, you know, th- here we go. Here's this spark, and and for them to come back and and score 14 fourth quarter points, but you need it. And there's going to be some who say that he was in, he wasn't in. I don't know. I didn't, you know, I could you couldn't get a good enough angle to see where the knee was down compared to the ball, but it's almost like why did it need even come to that? Why did it even need to come to the point where you needed a two-point conversion? And again, it's sad that we're this deep into the season and yeah, a lot of it had to do with KJ wasn't feeling himself, but I mean the coaching, you got out coached, you got outplayed. And, yes, the quarterback, you should have somehow – and that's the thing. If I sense that something was up, you know the coaching staff since something was up. So, it's almost like why not go with Malik? Why why not just – sometimes you need that spark. That's why you see yeah. in baseball you got three different starters or relievers. you got all the you – know, quarterback's the only one – that you don't sub. You do not. I mean, that's just unheard of. You sub in a quarterback, it's almost like a death sentence. It's like, what's going on here? So, right. but I when don't you know. have a game changer like a Malik Hornsby, a guy that can hit the corner and get you 20 or 30 chunk yards, and I mean, he's quicker than a hiccup. Like, if you know you have that kind of game changing quarterback, he may not be great with his arm, but if you know that. This guy, he put up pretty good numbers against Mississippi State. He looked pretty good against them. What can he do against Liberty, who's not an SEC program, who's very, who's coached very well? Their defense on, on defense is uh, that Aldridge guy that was a defensive coordinator at Liberty was a uh, graduate from uh, one of the uh, GAC schools here in the state. I mean, he was he uh, has a, a history of uh, being being from Arkansas. Maybe he was auditioning for for a job. Because he knows Hugh Freeze probably ain't going to be there next year, but you know, but Malik Hornsby, man, you got if he was taking the first team reps and he didn't get the first team or he didn't get to start that game on Saturday, you know, it's like kind of a slap to the face because you were preparing your heart and, and and soul on the line all week and you were prepared to be the guy and then you have it taken away from you. He deserves to be ticked off. Yeah, and especially if things – it'd be totally different if KJ was going in and commanding, doing his job and, and just yeah. – but it, it's like nothing was going right. Maybe they thought it was at the point where, well, just could he have done anything? You know, I, and I don't know. I don't, I don't know what goes on inside, you know, that part of the, the, the program. But it's just right. like <clears throat> how many times can we sit here and, you know – We've defended a couple of times on why, because when Malik's come in and, and not perform, but it's almost like you need time to come in. I mean, you can go through game, practice reps all you want, but yeah. he needs game reps. And that's the whole reason why I, I said at the beginning of the year, you don't want to put him in wide receiver because he needs, to, he needs to take these reps. When you have these games where you're blowing people out, get him in there. Don't put him in there in the last drive. And like you said, it's almost like a slap in the face that – you go with him, you practice him, you say, and then 20 minutes before the game time, you, you go tape him up, and then you just tell him, well, sorry, bud. I mean, I understand yeah. that's the hierarchy of that program, and KJ's number one, and if he feels like he's ready to go, now, I'm not against the starting him, because if they really felt like, hey, this is our guy, 
He wants to be yeah. our leader. He's ready to go. Start him. But if you feel like things are getting out of hand and you could tell he's not health, for his health, not, not, not for social media, not for being right, for the fact that you've got to look at his health, and he's not healthy and he's not going to help your team, you've got to make the change. You have to. So I guess the, the frustration and the confusion is mixed with disappointment because, you know, it's like you, you come out after the, the press conference and just, you know, it's like there was, I, I don't know. It, like I said, I'm just confused on the whole thing. and I don't feel like there was any passion. It was like defeat. That's what yeah. I got after the postgame was like defeat. And they should, but I mean – you should be mad, more mad that how everything unfolded. But all I felt was defeat and just like, well, woe is me, kind of like Eeyore. You know, I want to see some yeah. some fight. You know what I'm getting at? Where's the fire at? I, I don't I mean, know. We saw we saw Pittman getting mad one time on the sideline when the camera was on him, and he was he was ripping the offensive line a new one because he was ticked. It was after the third or fourth punt in the first quarter, and and we kind of saw that fire, but. And that's just maybe that's just not his nature. Maybe that's just not who he is, truly, because he's a player's coach. We never <clears> saw <throat> Brett Bielema get mad. Well, I mean, hold on, honestly. If if that's not, I'm sorry, and this will probably piss people off. I, Go ahead. If that's not you, you do not need to be a coach in the SEC. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I know people might drop a fork or ate whatever they're eating, spit their food. I, I'm just saying, if you're at the point where you're, this is year three, year four. Yeah, I, I get like was said. I mean, do we count the COVID year? Do we not? But it's like, okay, if we're at this point in your career, and yeah, I, I, no, if you're if you're that timid and that that if you don't want to take charge. You do not need yeah. to be a coach in the SEC. You don't need to be a Division One head coach. Right. Because now, I, you see over in – and I told you, Arkansas and South Carolina is the same kind of program. You look at Shane Beamer, and he's he does all these things on social media, and he wants to throw shade at Kentucky, but yet you turn around, and what happened? You, you lose the, the very next game. Yeah. I mean, so it, it is what it is. You've got to produce on the field, but this is your team. Yeah. And he does yeah. – he has accepted accountability, but how much accountability are you really accepting? Right. And and the thing is, like, he, I don't know. Because because Pitt, I mean, he he looks and he, he talks the talk of, you know, this is this is my this is my team. This is this is the state of Arkansas's program. Like I want the I want everybody to be proud of this program, and then you go out and piss away a, a a game like you do against Liberty. Like there is no excuse for that, and that's the thing. Like, I mean, it if it was me during the middle of a press conference or, or post game talk, like I would be ticked as heck that my team just is out there not performing. I mean, at what point do we blame the players? At what point? Uh, do you say maybe it, maybe Sam Pittman is doing his job and, and having players motivated, even though it didn't look like they were motivated? He said he had to go and get their attention during the walkthrough on Friday night. He said he's never had to do that. Where where are these guys? Why why is this team? Why are they not able to get motivated when you have all these talented guys like individual talent? You look up and down this roster. You have a quarterback that's pretty good. You've got a running back that's that's over a thousand yards this season. You've got two transfer receivers that have been pretty good. And then on defense, you've got a, a, a outstanding defensive back, two outstanding linebackers, and, and a pretty good defensive line, and you can't find anybody to get you motivated? You don't have to find me. You don't have to uh, you know, tell me to go out there on the field and be motivated. You don't. How do you get these guys to be motivated? That's my, that's my thing. Like, how do you not find a way to get your team motivated and get their attention? Because yeah. you obviously had it uh, from them last year, or was it Grant Morgan that had the team's attention? And not well, that's you. where the leadership comes into play. I mean, that's that's yeah. where you you somebody needs to step up and be a leader. And yeah, you know, it's it's just the fact that, and and here the thing is, we could <clears throat> we could be totally looking at this the wrong way. And look, Arkansas did try everything. Liberty was just yeah. the better team. 
It, it, and, and maybe that's part of we just don't want to admit that. Maybe we don't want to accept that because of how everything looked on the stats and then how you just seen them play. Maybe it's one of them the things, stats. like you said, Mike Tyson, you know, you, everybody's got to play until they get a hit in the mouth. Maybe they got hit in the mouth and they didn't know how – this is Liberty. What are they doing? And they kept on and kept on and kept on, and then we have ourselves in this situation. You know, it's just – I don't know. It's very disappointing because I thought – that this was the turnaround. All right, we're, you know, and I wasn't expecting them to beat LSU, and we've seen how they played. They're playing totally different. We we thought, you know, you had Ole Miss, you know, Liberty, Missouri, you know, and, and then um, Liberty, and then you had uh, who am I missing? I'm leaving somebody out. LSU, you have LSU, now, LSU, Ole Miss, and Missouri, and, and it's yeah. just like. You you pretty sure you thought this was going to be eight nine win season? Now I'm not saying they're going to, but I don't know. We're we're going to find out. I mean, I'm not saying that they have to beat LSU, but you go you turn around and get drubbed by forty. Yeah, that, that's not going to be good. That's going to be tough and tough questions to answer. But that's the thing is like either that or we need to start hearing from the coordinators. Yeah, I look back and you know I we defended the team early on by their sluggish fourth quarter against South Carolina. You remember that? Yeah. Go back and, and you remember Arkansas being up 21 to 3 and 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 42 to 16 in the fourth quarter against against South Carolina. The writing was on the wall there whether we want to admit it or not that yeah. Arkansas was going to have issues closing out teams and being motivated. Is that and not the story not of the program though? How many years have we said that? How many years have we said, like, the writing was there? We just didn't. It's almost like the Charlie Brown kicking the football. Here it is. We're going to kick it this time. There it goes. You know what I mean? It's crazy that that has been said probably the last 10 years. This is going to be our year. We're going to turn things around. We got a new coach. We got a new staff. And then it ends up not happening. You know, it's just, look, everything's down. This is the first time he's really had to face this kind of adversity. Yeah, because COVID and then being a new coach, getting his players, but you've got the continuity of returning players. You got the continuity of your coaching staff, right? And now you've got to start answering those questions. And and Pat Jenkins on the Hill Media, you know, Liberty was way better, but it got lost because of the name. That is exactly right. We said that yeah. with the coaching, the players, but it's to me, it's like where we lack is depth because. That, the, the quarterback was sick and come yeah. in and still whooped us. Yeah. You know, it's just it, – it's crazy that how everything – you get beat on the on the both lines in the trenches and just not, like I said, no, it just seemed like nothing was going right And on that point. I mean, that could be it. We could be getting frustrated and then just be like, hey, look, that was this better team. We need to move on. Right. Because they could bounce yeah, I back. Like but, what, I like what Pat said there, too. Uh, we hold the SEC above all other teams on paper, but times have changed, and recruiting non-traditional schools are getting better. And even the transfer portal, being able to to get guys out of there. I mean, I I, and I apologize to the Liber- uh, Liberty Flames. I've talked about them being a Sun Belt uh, caliber team, and saying they were from the Sun Belt conference yesterday on Twitter uh, several times. But a lot of that was out of my uh, curiosity at the. Uh, Arkansas football team yesterday and the embarrassment that I thought Arkansas was facing at home uh, when they were 14 and a half point favorites. Um, but yeah, Liberty's with the, the transfer portal and you got to think about the uh, coaching ability of Hugh Freeze because he didn't just, you know, he didn't forget how to coach after he left Ole Miss either. So uh, shout out to uh, coach freeze. But yeah, the transfer portal has helped even now the play in the field too because you can look at the recruiting rankings and think Liberty was ranked like 109th overall in recruiting last season uh, or overall uh, as far as roster talent but the, the transfer portal has helped even things up and you know and Day Day Hunter he was a transfer uh, Charlie Brewer who was the backup quarterback or actually was a starting quarterback coming into the season before he got hurt he was from Baylor at one point he was a starting quarterback at Baylor so yeah, there's – and then I think the wide receiver – there was a wide receiver from a Power 5 conference, and then one of the defensive linemen was from Auburn. So, I mean, yeah, there was, there was sprinkled in talent there. I, I like what uh, what Mr. Jenkins had to say there. Yeah, and, and that's where it's helped. It's helped Arkansas out too. 
And and, yeah, and that's the it thing. Has. It's like on the defensive side of the ball, it's like we we've made all but it's like even the defensive kind of petered out, plateaued, as you yeah. should say, because where where's been the sacks in the backfield? Where's been all the tackles in the backfield? You know, it, it, you got a guy that and Bennett, you know, dual threat, you know, but I mean they held him to uh 29 yards or 18 yards on on nine carries but you still had that threat and it's still extending plays yeah but it's just the fact that the team needs to do better as a whole you shouldn't be this and that's the thing i guess when you turn around and you beat a team like auburn and I mean, maybe Liberty could have beat Auburn head-to-head. I, I don't know. But right. it's just like you still should have put out a better performance in the four quarters. With that, When I look at momentum and you look at college football seasons and you're coming off that win against BYU, you go into the bye week, you beat Auburn, and then you got a full seam ahead. And it's like you we expected a better performance. And I think that's where we get tripped up is we expected, but we didn't get – what we expected. Right. It was kind of like what you expect and then what you get actually get from the wish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like what Chris Corley said here. I've got it pulled up on the screen. I'm not going to read every single bit of it, but do you, did you watch uh, Trey Biddy's walk and talk? No, I, I was thinking go, about that beforehand and I was like, man, go, I go back and watch that. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, if you, if, if any of the fans here are watching, uh, go watch the, uh, uh, walk and talk after our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Just don't don't jump over right now. But uh, once once you get done and get time, go and uh, go and check that out. Uh, he he started. He talked about you know the upward trajectory of the program and a loss to Liberty like this while you're at home kind of questions things. Uh, yeah, getting physically whipped by non power five. We talked about that, and then a good coach doesn't let that happen, uh, especially with Pitt. And, uh, oh, yeah, uh, Trey did say one thing. He said that there's two sets of people out there, two sets of fans. Uh, one group of fans will say, all right, you can lose this game, but you can only let this happen one time. And then you have the other set of fans that, okay, I'm done with you once you lose a game like this. And so I see what Chris is saying here, and that's the kind of thing that kind of triggered Trey Beatty's uh, walk and talk. Uh, was was saying like, hey, you're either, I, you know, you can have one of these performances, but they've and, had two, and uh, just don't, yeah, you well, I can, no, but I count the Missouri State, I, but here's the deal, even yeah. though you won in Missouri State, we're talking about performances, you yeah. you got a taste of what could happen, and you eked out a win against Missouri State. Right. That that's what makes this whole scenario different. You knew okay. that you shouldn't let them come in, and knowing. It's almost – I mean, it's different levels. But you look at Bobby Petrino. You knew he was going to come in with a full head of steam wanting to take you down. Same thing right. with Hugh Freeze. You don't think Hugh Freeze ain't looking for an Auburn job or somebody else to come pick him up? I mean, I know he just got a contract extension, but he's auditioning. If somebody throws oh, yeah. him $7 million, $8 million, he's going to go. You know, he's making Absolutely. five. He's I think he, they said he's making five right now at Liberty. And there is no pressure. But you can't yeah. tell me – that that right there, that win yesterday did not make him have an itch to coach in the SEC again. You can't tell me that it did. It any any competitor, anybody coach on that level, you come into Arkansas and you did that. And I know that the fans and everybody's PTSD after you know watching North Texas and Western Kentucky. And I know Liberty's on a different level. They're actually, you know, they're ranked. They're a respectable program. But it's still a team coming here that you should have beat, and and you did it, and and you, the warning, like you said, the warning signs were there because you you got lucky with that punt return and and, and got things out in Missouri State. But it's like well, they say, first time shame on you, second time shame on me. And that was your second time, so. And there better not be a third time. Well, the hope there's not a well unless it's Missouri. <laughs> well, I mean, unless it's, Missouri. it's just yeah. the thing. But Missouri's showed glimpses of playing really good defense and stuff. So, but we'll yeah. we'll and stop right there on. Go ahead, I'll let you finish your thought. No, go ahead. I'll, I'll we'll talk about it after the break. Just talk about uh, 
it's going to be more of an audition. These next three games are going to be an audition for uh, Sam Pittman too to kind of win back the trust of the fan base. Yeah, yeah, and we can definitely talk about that after the break. Uh, we're going to talk, um, let our let our sponsors speak, and we'll come back and then get back to the conversation. Do you need those pesky stumps ground before the winter? Your pasture brush hogged, or need your driveway bladed? Here at Grind It Ride Outdoor Services, we offer more than just stump grinding. We have recently expanded our business to include tractor work as well. So along with stump grinding, we offer bush hogging, land clearing, grading driveways, placing, and even spreading gravel. We are locally owned and operated, so call Danny today for a free quote at 205-377-2662 or 479-530-1641. Again, that is 205-377-2662 or 479-530-1641. Shelby Taylor Trucking serves all your timberland needs in South Central Arkansas. With over 50 years in the industry, Shelby Taylor Trucking has established themselves as trustworthy leaders in the industry. From planting to harvesting to hauling your timber, Shelby Taylor Trucking is ready to serve you. Follow them on all social media platforms at Shelby Taylor Trucking. Learn more by visiting their website at staylortrucking.com. That's staylortrucking.com. Com. Camelot Exteriors specializes in identifying hail, wind, and other storm damage, as well as residential and commercial roof installations and re-roofing. We use the, only the highest quality materials from certified suppliers while putting a lifetime labor warranty on all of our roofs. Our mission is to provide our customers with the highest quality roofing project customized to fit each one of their needs and to provide exceptional service through the entire process. Camelot Exteriors is based in Norman, Oklahoma, but we proudly currently serve nine other states as a premier nationwide roofing company. So call us today at 833-799-7663 for your free estimate. Camelot Exteriors, your storm damage restoration experts. McCoy Tiger Drugstore of Sheridan, Arkansas has been the top pharmacy in all of South Central Arkansas since 1895. They were also the 2020 Good Neighbor Pharmacy of the Year. They not only fix you up with your prescription with timely and friendly service, but also an elite gift shop. All your OTC needs, baby and wedding registries, tuxedo rentals, and much more. They are located at 821 North Rock Street in Sheridan. Give them a call today at 870-942-5121. And we want to welcome you back to the Hog Talk Podcast, where we'll jump right back into it. And, and Jacob, you know, before I cut you off and <laughs> went to the commercial break, uh, just, just continue on with, with your... Our, uh, I knew we had to get our people uh, their, oh, yeah. uh, their run there. So we're good. Yeah, keep the lights on around here. That's right. But, yeah, so... So I think, you know, we were talking about Hugh Freeze auditioning for a job. You know, you think about it, Sam Pittman may need to be auditioning for uh, these next three games to win the trust back because, you know, after you lose to, to Liberty, you, you lose, you know, to, to the A&M. Like, to this day, a month and a half later, I still do not understand how you lost to, to Texas A&M. Like, it's, like I just I don't understand it. I mean, we saw the momentum uh, switch. I mean, after that point, but but I really think Sam Pittman is going to be auditioning. I mean, he's going to be auditioning to, to me personally as not only a fan but a blogger, a writer, a podcaster because I want to talk good about him because you know business is real good around here when you're good when the football team's good. It was a miserable two years when I started this podcast back in 2018. Trying to trying to find any kind of bright spot. I remember talking about Ben Cleveland and and uh, his touchdown pass and or touchdown catch in 06 against Bama, and thinking there was hope for Arkansas at one and four to beat Alabama in twenty eighteen. But you know, I, I I was chasing the rabbit there. But you know, honestly, Sam Pittman's got to figure out some things. He said in his post game press conference, they're going to have to look themselves in the mirror. Not only him, but his coaching staff. His players, they're going to have to figure out things that what, what they've been doing good, they need to do better at and and try to take one or two or three things away that they've been bad at this season. And now that you're seeing LSU and the way they developed over, over the past three weeks under Brian Kelly, 
you may not get that W at home. Like we were counting on this. Like earlier this season, I was saying, and yeah, LSU might be a for sure win when Arkansas was three and zero going in the A and M week. I mean, I thought that Arkansas and LSU were on two differences in the spectrum, and now it's completely done a uh, one eighty. Well, hell, I had like, to go on TV and, and and do a segment on why Arkansas yeah. would win the boot against Christine yeah. Long. She had Missouri, and I'm really wishing I'd get to you know coin flip on that one <laughs> now. Up. You know, <laughs> I mean, hey, can we can we get a mulligan on that? But it, it's right. for real. But you know, Coach he's, Kelly's he's only got sixty one players. He don't even yeah. have a full roster yet. He's got sixty one no. players. Wait till this guy gets eighty five. Yeah, yeah. He, and, and I don't think it's panic. He needs to audition for his job because here, this is where no, I cut I that. I think off. he's auditioning for trust. Well, and but here's this is the thing. If you're worried about the trust in your fan base, and that's your number one, if that's who you're auditioning for, that that's almost like if you want to go out and and I'm going to go start lifting weights and I'm going to start working out and I'm going to change my body for my wife or for everybody else. All right, you've got yeah. the wrong prerogative. You, you need to get in there and either clean house or a lot of fire into them players, turn things around inside because something's going on internally in that program. I, don't, I can't put my finger on it, but something's going on behind closed doors that is getting this program to why it's the way it is. But you got to turn around your program first. And that comes with wins. If you win, you're going to get yeah. the trust back. So you got to get your house in order because clearly there's something going on. There was something – if you have him have Malik out there doing all the first-team reps and then last minute, you know, maybe they's like, well, he's 50-50. Let's see how he warms up. If he says he can go, he can go. But – it was the moment of you stuck, you doubled down and kept him in there when you clearly could see that it wasn't going. It wasn't going for you. And maybe that's just where that pride and that ego comes in of, well, I don't want to pull him because then everything else is going to look like I shouldn't have done it in the first place. And that's where I'm saying yeah. you're looking at that trust. You're looking at the wrong vision. You're wanting to gain the trust of your fans and social media. Well, if I pull him now, they're really going to hammer me for making the wrong decision. Now, you you got to do what's best for your team. Exactly. Yeah. And if you're looking at that, like I said, it's what we talked about, you know, before the break. You know, if you are, you know, just a, a people pleaser or if you're just a player and, and you don't have the, the fire to build this team up, you do not need to be a coach. And that's part of it. And that's no – I'm not sitting here saying that Arkansas needs to get rid of him. I'm not saying anything like that at all. I'm not. There's no panic mode right now. You lost. It ain't like you lost to UCA or Arkansas State. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You lost to a really good team, but it's just like how everything coming into this, you should have took care of business, and you did it. And every single person on the staff, every single per- player that played – I mean, other than the few that, you know, jumped out and performed, you know, Landers, I would throw him off that list. He did his job. Trey Knox, yeah, he had his two. You know, McAdoo, you know, the name that he's getting, you know, blown up, you know, he went through and and had a great game. So there's not every single player on the team needs to – because there's players that done their job. But it's the ones that didn't. They need to – you can't tell me that between – KJ and Rocket Sanders, who is the leading SEC rusher, that you can't muster 100 yards against Liberty. I'm sorry. And I know that might be on the blocking, so you can't tell me that you're an SEC. And and two weeks ago we were talking about this could be the best offensive line in the country, that the award, I I can't remember the name of the award. Allen, the Allen Trophy. No, the one they give to the whole offensive line. There, there oh, is. Oh yeah, it, it's okay. there's an award they give to the whole offensive line. And Arkansas is in the discussion of if you have the SEC leading rusher and you have this offensive line, you should be up for that award. Well, pff, that's gone. I mean, oh, yeah. you can't have that kind of performance against Liberty and, and and say you should be considered the best offensive line. Yeah. Now say. What if Arkansas actually came out and looked 100 percent motivated and gave effort? We wouldn't be having this conversation. No. Like, say you lose, say you lose, 41-38 to to a ranked opponent, uh, whether it's Liberty or not. Like, you 
say you say you lose on by by one or two points that way, and you're giving your best effort each and every single play, dude. There was no effort at all. Like uh, whether Dalton Wagner was hurt, maybe Dalton Wagner needed to go out, but there was a run that KJ made uh, late in the fourth quarter where where Dalton Wagner came up out of his stance, blocked once, and then just stumbled. KJ is out. In, uh, in the open field to the side a little bit, kind of a little bit behind the line of scrimmage. And Dalton Wagner's not even moving. Was Wagner hurt? I don't know. Was Wagner given uh, 100%? Absolutely not. Maybe 100% when he was hurt, but he didn't look like he was given 100% or care. Yeah. Like, we're just going out there through the motions. And that's the thing like, where, and, and this is where that gets touchy. Yeah. And if it's anything to do with injuries or what. Right. I'm not going to speak on it. Won't. I'm not going to um, speculate either. But it's but there just was something the, wrong there. But yeah, but we don't, that's, that's where we got, yeah. we got to, right. th- there's no gray area when it comes to right. that. Yeah. And we've had discussions with people about this that I won't go into, but it's just when it comes to that, you know what? It still falls on the coaching because if they yeah. are not up to that level you have to bring your second string. I mean, it's just because, yeah. one, it's you're looking out for the team and you're looking out for the, the player in question or whatever. But, right. you know, it's just the fact that if this would have been the Auburn game and they would have had this performance against Auburn, I would be saying the same thing. Because Auburn is in a position where their coach just got fired. So if, yeah. if you can't tell me that you know Brian Harson's on the hot seat. He is on the verge of getting fired. The, the, the team is around him just, you know, half or with him, half or not, or I don't know if it was a 60-40 split or what. But he's in the corner, I mean, almost on the way out. And if you would have had that performance against Auburn, knowing the circumstances, I would be sitting here having the same take. So I yeah. know it sounds like it's just because – and we did. I think we – everybody – we overlooked Liberty. And, and if – and I'm not saying there might have been some who knew and had – Liberty picked a win. I didn't see all the, the predictions and stuff. But for the most part, we can't sit here and say we didn't overlook them. But then again, if this would have been against Auburn, I would have had the same because of the expectations of where they were in that season of coming off that yeah. BY. And here's the deal. Coach Pittman has said something about players are injured and they were hoping that this bye week maybe – a lot of the they just didn't heal fast enough, but yeah. you know that's where I guess, and this is where I kind of will dive into it. You know, we're, we're, we we want to speculate on these injuries and, and and say things without using the proper channels. So maybe he is not releasing a lot of things that maybe he would because of that. Maybe he's right. a little worried of saying some things and everybody running with it. I don't know. Uh, again, that's just speculation on that part of it, but there, there's got to be a little bit more transparency opposed to we always went till after the season, oh, that's what it was. Or, oh, man, if we'd have known that, we'd have had a different outlook on it. You know? Yeah. There's just got to be a little bit better communication on, hey, these guys are not 100%. There's nothing wrong with saying that and letting – Instead of just you come out to do a play and everybody feels like they're 100% and then come out half the team's not 100%, they hadn't been all year long. I I think it wasn't Grant Morgan. We didn't even know was playing with a freaking bum shoulder half the season. We found out after the season or when it was too late, and that's like just – I don't know if it's because there's just that much paranoia when it comes to being a Division I football coach, but it's almost like – it, 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 we teach your kids to be honest and, and, and open and transparent, but it's almost like you're not being transparent. I'm not saying that, hey, this guy's tore his ACL and he's going to be out for the year, but at least if something's not going on, at least have some kind of form of communication that gets us an idea that, hey, things aren't right. Yeah, and I will, I will credit KJ because, look, a lot of people – I mean, whether whatever injury it was, whatever's going on, I will credit him for wanting to go out there and tough it out because the guy knows that's his team and they look for him for leadership and guidance and how and how KJ goes, the team goes, especially on offense. And I will, I will, you know, double down on that and say, like, I mean, I was proud to say KJ went out there and, and played. 
but let me let me result. ask you this question though. So what what says more about a man's character when when it comes to you know it's just not your night, you know you you just ain't got the stuff, you bow out. Yeah. yeah. You you I let them that, hey you let them say hey too. man, look this is my team. I know what's best for my team. I just don't have. I'm not at a hundred percent where I feel like I can win this game. I say I think it says more of you, more about you as a man to sit there and admit that. Hey, look, you know I don't. Just I, tonight's not my night. I'm not healthy. Let Malik come in and let's get this thing rolling. That spark uh, because also you want to talk about being a leader. Him looking Malik in the eyes and saying, "Man, I trust that you could take that." What what would that do for him? What would that do for the team, the coaching staff? We're talking about leadership. But what would it say if he just handed Malik the ball and said, "Man, I trust you, man. You, I, I, yeah. I'm not at 100. percent You've got this. I know you can go lead this team." And I'm not saying that he hasn't said that, but I'm talking about in the game situation of yesterday, that could have lit a fire in this team and showed more by, you know, embracing the humility of it's just not my night and and passing the torch for the rest of the game to Malik, opposed to I'm just going to stick it out because I. I you know, I'm going to fight till the end, and that's okay. That's admirable. But at some point, if you know you ain't got it, you got to pass the torch. Yeah. Uh, Eric Eric said uh, it reminded me of a uh, Chad Morris team yesterday, and I, I will tell you what, this was not a Chad Morris performance. This was not a Chad Morris coach or look, look alike. I mean, because when, when you're up against the wall, 20 down 21 to 5, Chad Morris's teams weren't going to come back and fight for you. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this team actually did try to come back and fight. Uh, it was a little bit too late, but they did. They never laid down. I mean, they, they were still fighting, especially on defense to keep uh, the offense in the game. So no, I don't agree with, I don't agree with anybody saying that that was a, that this was a Chad Morris like game. I just don't agree with that. I don't. Yeah, because we no, and and that's all PTSD. That that's where we're talking yeah. about prisoner of the moment. And but here's the where yeah. I will say that even though we disagree with that comment, he has the right to have that comment because of mm-hmm. what Arkansas fans have went through. I'm sure that gave them flashbacks. It oh, might yeah. not be on the level, but it's still you. You see Liberty. You're thinking Liberty. You're thinking North Texas. You're thinking of Western Kentucky. You're thinking of Portland State. State, San Jose State. I mean, even though you got to win, you know everybody's thinking about Club Dub and Colorado State. You know, it just brings back those memories. So I mean, it's warranted when you have yeah, a, a you have is. a loss like that. It is 110 percent warranted. You know, and, and maybe, like I said, we're being too harsh. Maybe we, we I'm still living in prison in a moment. I mean, they did, like I said, the defense held their bargain up and held them scoreless in the second half, you know, and that's right. t- saying something when you give up 21 in the first. But we know when it comes down, you're playing a good team. You can't we, – we said that after the Missouri State game. That's what's crazy about this. It's like we can't let that happen again because there's going to be other right. teams down the road. You can't let them get up 21 nothing on you. Yeah, and honestly, you know, I, you know, going in this game, Sam was eight no against non conference opponents. It wasn't always going to last because you have tough non conference games coming. Uh, but you look at like Houston Nuts days, and Houston didn't lose to these kind of non conference by games. I don't even know how much Arkansas paid Liberty to come in here and kick your butt. I looked for that all night, trying. I was trying to do one last thing of research, could not figure out how much. Liberty was paid to come in and, and still win. Bobby Petrino, he didn't lose any by games. John L. had ULM. Uh, Brett Bielema had Toledo. Uh, Chad Morris had uh, so many of those other ones, and now Sam Pittman has Liberty. Like, I don't remember. Like, there was a solid decade and a half where Arkansas didn't lose these type of games uh, while being an SEC member. And it's just kind of getting old. Yeah, but I think again, it, it, it's and this is not defending the team all, but that that yeah. that was a ranked team. I mean, we again, yeah. we we have to remember this was a ranked team. This was a team that lost in overtime to Wake Forest. I mean, they yeah. are sitting at eight and one right now. I mean, they Tulsa blew out a BYU team, and that's Barry. here's the thing: you got to think. Two weeks ago, we we're like, well, Arkansas just beat the crap out of BYU and softened them up by Liberty. Maybe that was yeah. Liberty just being that good of a team. You know, we're talking about signs. 
the signs were there when we posted that picture of uh, of Liberty beating BYU as bad as they did. Maybe that's yeah. part of it that we're overlooking too. I mean, it's it's just I think and instead of talking, and I know we've done it for fifty minutes, but it's just like <laughs> maybe it's just the point. Like I said at the beginning, of just give the credit to Liberty. They come in, took care of business. Instead of I'm not making excuses on why it happened, but it's just like you just don't know why. Because right. I guess you're saying Arkansas's Arkansas, and this was Liberty. But maybe that's the way NIL and transfer portals change the game. That anybody has a shot. And I, I tell you what. If this would have been any other two teams, I would have loved it. Because, but it's hard to say that because Arkansas was in the losing end. But you know, you want to see where more teams are competitive in college football. You want to see a playoff extended because of look at LSU and where they were starting the season, where they're at now. You know, it's just this is what we live for year round. Oh yeah. And if you have the pleasure of having a great basketball program and we'll finish up the segment on, on the basketball team. But if you're blessed to have a good football team, then you have a basketball team as good as Arkansas. Then you get to couple it with the baseball team. You, you really got to look at your program and be like, man, you, you get to be excited about your sports year round. And then along right. with all the women's programs that are very successful you know, we'll talk with it. They got their own show now. You know, it's like we, we cover specifically women's sports on Mondays now. You know, it's like we have a reason to be talking about those programs and, and the excitement year-round. So it's just it's just kind of disappointment, and it's almost like your parents would say, it's not that I'm mad, I'm disappointed. <laughs> and that's that's where I'll, I'll, I'll leave the football discussion at. Yeah. Yeah, Arkansas takes on North Dakota State tomorrow, yes. Porter. And I'll tell First you what, the uh, season, man. look, this is going to be a tough test. Uh, North oh, yeah. Dakota State is always one of those teams that come into the, into the NCAA tournament and knock somebody off. Um, th- their front line is 6'5", 6'9", 6'10", 6'11". Um, they are a big team. Uh, Andrew Morgan, 6'10". Grant Nelson, 6'11". And then uh, Bowden Skunberg, he's 6'5". Street Joshua Street six nine, and they got a couple of good guards. Um, I mean, they had an exhibition game as well, and like I said, I mean, this is a team that every year finds themselves, you know, in. I want to say that they have won their conference or been to the conference championship like seven or eight years in a row. Let me, yeah. Um, they lost last year to South Dakota State, who had a yes, Cinderella run. That's right. That's last year, yeah. This North Dakota State team was twenty three and ten last year. Uh, lost in the finals of the Summit League uh, Championship and beat some uh, pretty. I mean, Oral Roberts was a uh, Elite Eight contender the uh, season before, and then you had South Dakota State, who was uh, I can't remember who they beat yeah. last year, but well, I mean. North yeah, North they, they went to program. four straight title games. They're averaging 20-plus yeah. wins. Over the last four years, they've got 82 wins. I mean, this is a consistently good team. And the Summit League is almost like the uh, um, – the what is that, Missouri State League? The, uh, the Ohio Valley or whatever. the Missouri Valley. Missouri yeah. Valley Conference. I mean, yeah. you have teams like the Creightons and, and Missouri States and um, – it's just those mid-major conferences that always produces those upsets when it comes to the um, the tournament. But I tell you what, it's crazy. Arca- they play Arkansas, and then they got to turn around and play Kansas. I mean, that is in- you're going to talk about a tough first two games of the season. You're starting off with never. Well, you I think- don't have to. Eat. What's that? Yeah, you. Yeah, you. Yeah, you. Uh, you go from one intimidating atmosphere to Allen Fieldhouse, who's I mean, who has a history of just incredible atmospheres too? So, yeah, yeah, like North Dakota State's gonna—they got a—they uh, get hit with two haymakers in a row. To start the well, year. and that's the thing. I mean, this is gonna be one of them them games that you know we, we looked at that Texas loss. This is gonna be a, a a team that you know Arkansas should take care of, but do not be surprised if North Dakota State keeps this win within ten points or. Yeah. Somehow, I mean, with all this size, you never know. This early in the season, Arkansas is probably not used to this much size. So, I mean, Andrew Morgan had 22 points last game. Waddles had 16. Skunberg had uh, 10. And then Luke Yoder, their point guard, 
had seven. So, I mean, I know, again, it was against a, a lower-level team. I can't remember even the name. Some team in Minnesota they played. But um, it, it's going to be a tough test, but it's going to be a good test. And I think, depending on – and, and Coach uh, Musselman had some things to say about that, about the preparation. We'll play that right quick before we end the show. I know the last time we talked to you leading up to the exhibition game uh, against Texas, you weren't necessarily pleased with the way your team has been practicing. Uh, how do you feel like they've responded since the uh, the loss to Texas this week? Yeah, I think we've had some good practices. Obviously, we want to continue to uh, to evolve uh, from a from a practice standpoint. But um, I think the guys' mental, you know, makeup physically, we've 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 practiced with the you know with the energy that you know that that we kind of want to have, um, you know, culturally, chemistry wise. Um, and then just, you know, making sure that everybody understands in our entire program, you know, the mission and the vision, um, all those things. But we, we knew coming into the year that this was going to be a learning experience that, um, you know, that we were not going to be a finished product, um, you know, a week before our first regular season game, which is kind of when the Texas game took place. But, yeah, we, uh, we have a lot of uncertainty on the floor schematically that we're still trying to work out and understand who our team is, but. And, you know, you heard a lot of that, you know, it's a young team trying to get this continuity together, you know, and you play these mid-major teams right off the bat that senior laden teams, these guys that's been there three, four years. I mean, and, and then if you happen to get some transfers in, you know, basketball is a weird sport where it only takes two guys to you. You look at Nick Smith jr. You know, he's being heralded as one of the top recruits ever to come to Arkansas, freshman All-American, freshman player of the year in the SEC. You know, so the expectations of one player can make a big difference opposed to football. I mean, I know if you get a great quarterback, he can make a big difference, but you've got to have somebody block for him. You know, basketball, you've got a guy that can come out and give you 22 points a game, 25 points a game. That's a huge deal. And – the, the thing that I think is really going to help this team out is the fact that if they can hold them to the first – they had a – they shot three for ten in the first half in the three-point line. Um, if they can hold them, you know, lower three-point percentage because that's been an Achilles heel for this team, they have a good, really good chance because you get these teams come in and get on fire. And um, we kind of seen that with the women's game against Ufus. I mean, there for a while, Ufus was hanging around, had a uh, – Prince was her name – Last name, end up having 22 points. I mean, you let these teams come in and have some success and you let them stay in the game, they can end up biting you in the butt and upsetting you. Yeah, and uh, you can't just roll out a ball and and go out there and compete as athletes because you saw what you did against Texas. And, and I know that it was just an exhibition and all, but, you know, you can't just roll out and say, ah, I've got three McDonald's All-Americans, I've got – a great transfer in Trevin Brazil and go out there and, and, and play ball. But man, you, I think that Musselman got their attention against Texas and he used it. He, he, he used it to his advantage and, and said, we're not going to lose another game like that the rest of the season. We're, we're going to be prepared. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what he does against North Dakota state because I'm very intrigued. I think we know what the starting lineup is going to be. I think they're going to, have a combination of Graham and Brazil down in the front court, and then you're obviously going to have uh, you're going to have Nick Smith and Anthony Black there starting in your two guards, and then you got another guard spot, and you've got you've got Diva who could start, you've got Council who could start, and you've got Jordan Walsh. So you've also got, I mean, you've got a pretty good uh, uh, seven eight man rotation to start out. So, I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing what this team can do. Can they can they shoot the three? Uh, are they going to be able to play elite defense early on? Uh, will they be – I mean, with this length, though, they'll be able to uh, – I think they'll win some games just due to the sheer length on the perimeter. Yeah, and they've showed flashes of their defense, you know, really getting in, them, getting in on them and, uh, you know, just stealing the ball and leading. And this is yeah. going to be more of a showtime kind of offense, and I think it's where it's going to benefit when you look at the college game – and you see a lot of these teams, and Musselman runs, you know, kind of a similar NBA-style offense. He wanted some three-point shooters, but you really don't have just somebody that you throw out in the court and like, all right, that's our three-point shooter. 
But I think that's what's going to benefit this team is you're not going down, jacking up a three, they run down and score. Come down, 10 seconds in the shot clock, jack up another three. Now you find yourself that you're down four, now you're down eight. Do it again. Now you're, you know, they go, these, when you're living and dying by the three, you go, that's where these runs happen easier because you could be up two and then all of a sudden you find yourself down 12 quick. I think yeah. now you're you're looking for your cuts and dunks and layups and mid-range jump shots more than you're looking at these three-point game. And I think, I mean, again, this is first game. Let, let's see how this team starts molding. Musselman's team's very well known for coming out in, in the conference season and really getting things together. So, But I think what you said about the length, I think on the other end that the fact that they don't just rely on a lot of three-point shooting, that's going to win them some games as well. Yeah, and we've seen, and I know we're going to have to uh, close up on, I mean, close up soon, but, you know, the length, uh, being able to drive to the basket and and draw contact, get the fouls, go to the free throw line, I think free throw shooting is going to be very valuable, especially as you go into the February and the March of your calendar and, and tournament time. You're going to depend a lot on those on that free throw shooting in crucial moments. So I think Arkansas will be able to do that too. And, and at a really high rate because you've got a Nick Smith who can drive. You've got an AJ, I mean, uh, Anthony Black that can drive. Devo's been there. This is his third year. He's he's going to be have. He's got the mindset of what uh, Musselman is going to be wanting to do here. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do. And uh, the game will be on the uh, SEC Network Plus. So it would be on a streaming app. You have to uh, go on there, and you've got whatever cable or satellite. Provided you have, you'll be able to log into the ESPN app and watch that game. So, yeah, it's going to be uh, something you don't want to miss. And how many people do you think is going to be in Bud Walton tomorrow? Being the opening of the season and after what happened on Saturday, I think they're ready for they're ready for a bath. <laughs> I think yeah. they're gonna they're, they're gonna flood in there. I think they're you know I don't think you'll get over ten thousand, but I mean there are gonna be some people wanting to go I think in lower there. Lower bowl will be full. Yeah, lower bowl will definitely be full because this is a good program. This is not some yeah. EA Sports All Star and one whatever or, or Mississippi Valley Southern State at Juniper. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this is a right. legit team. But then again, I mean, if you're a, just a casual fan that really doesn't know, you know, the tournament and, and knows, you know, what it is when it comes to uh, North Dakota State, that might yeah. stray some player, some people away. But I'm telling you, they better get better good at free throw shooting because it's going to be a slash team. They're going to be getting on the line a lot. Right. But, no, I think the lower bowl will be full. It's going to be an amazing atmosphere, and I'm really looking forward to watching – you know, flipping back and forth between the women, they go to you, and this is crazy again. Like, you know, a Division One school like Arkansas is going to Pine Bluff to open up the season and play UAPB. So that's very that awesome. Wild? You know, and a lot of the players were very real quick. You know, um, it, it means a lot to some of the players that they're going down to an HBCU school, playing them in their gym. Miriam Dowdham was one that was really touched on it, that what it meant to her to be able to go and play in these other parts of the state, like Pine Bluff. You know, they play in Little Rock. They've played in Jonesboro. So for them to be able to go to Pine Bluff and and, and to go into their house, you know, go into their yeah. gym and play down there, it means that they're, they're not looking, you know, snubbing their nose to these schools. They're going to go play. They played UFAS in their exhibition game, and they're going to do that because – that's the respect that Coach Neighbors has for these other schools. So, I mean, it's going to be a fun night tomorrow night. Either or, i got two TVs up in my office, so I'm going to be watching both of them. But, Jake, have you got anything else before we shut it down? Man, I think it's going to be a fun uh, basketball season. Ready for that. And uh, if, you, uh, if you guys will, go on uh, our YouTube page. You can subscribe there. You go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify or whatever podcast platform uh, you watch or listen to us on, go on there, subscribe, give us, leave us a rating, a star review, uh, whatever you want to do, uh, and and follow us there. And you can follow us on our Facebook and Twitter pages, The Hog Talk. It's The Hog Talk on Twitter, and then you can just find us, uh, The Hog Talk on Facebook, if you want to uh, follow us there for daily news content. Yeah, and that will do it for another episode of The Hog Talk Podcast. We will be back tomorrow with... 
the weekly women's sports report at 6, 6.30 p.m. So we will catch you then. And then, of course, you got a lot of basketball action coming. Go get the bath, watch the team, get cleaned up, and get ready for the LSU game on Saturday. Yes, all right. Go Hogs. I'm losing my cursor. <laughs> live television. Live television. I got get this new screen, and now you can't even work it. That's crazy. There we go. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.